Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. It's time now for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grader. Welcome back, everyone. 9.04 the time, hour three here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli, and it is indeed the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Up to 73 degrees under sunshiny skies. We're looking at a high today of 92. Tonight, clear skies with a low of 68 degrees. A little bit later on in the hour, it's the world-famous pick six. But right now, let me introduce Mr. Harold Grader from the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. H.J.? Good morning. How First, are you? let me apologize. A little scratchy voice, a little sore throat this morning. So, But I will power through it. Good to see you guys. Glad to be here. Always fun to talk. Talk college ball. So how was Tuscaloosa? Tuscaloosa was uh, phenomenal. Uh, great crowd. Uh, interesting game. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, going in, I really thought Ole Miss would win so, that football game. So did I, or at least yeah. put some offense no, up there. No, right? I had seen Ole Miss uh, the week before at home against Georgia Tech. Uh, obviously, Alabama had been having some issues. And, you know, I thought Ole Miss would go in there and, and find a way to win that game, and, and they didn't. And that continues a trend for Lane that I know is becoming a point of concern for the, the faithful at in Oxford and across the state of Mississippi who are Ole Miss fans. Or is it? Because it does. I don't. I, I don't feel like you it know. Is yet. I, I, I just, think there's still like this love of it. There's some of that, but but just talking to people after the game, um, I mean they haven't given up on him by any chance. No, no, yeah. But you know there's they still love the guy. But it's it it's the big game. That they can't get over the hump. I think the record's like one and five, one and six, something like that of the quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, you, you look know, at his, what he is. He he, I mean, two years ago he had the win over A and M when they were pretty good. But like, there the, the, there's not much signature win there. Yeah, and and when you look at since the start last year, you know he's lost how many straight SEC games, all this yeah. stuff. Like it, it's it's not good since midway through that season last year for sure. Yeah, and, and going into that one last Saturday, you know, it seemed as if the the circumstances had gotten to a point where if Lane and Ole Miss were going to get old, get Alabama, it was mm-hmm. all right there for them. Right. Obviously, Alabama had been struggling. Uh, Ole Miss, again, coming off the home win. Jackson Dart had looked really good the week before against uh, Georgia Tech. Um, uh, the running back w- was back, uh, Judkins, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the way the, the game started in the first half, you know, Again, it was like on the Alabama side of that equation. It was like, holy cow, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, they block a punt, get the ball at the one. What happens on the very next play for Alabama? They snap the ball over the quarterback's head, and they're back at the 20-21 <laughs> yard line. And, again, you know, Alabama was did not play well in that first half. And still, at the half, it was only a one-point Ole Miss lead. So then you, then you start to think, well, is this going to continue in the second half? Um, and it didn't. Unfortunately for Ole Miss, Alabama came out much different looking football team and uh, started putting getting pressure on on Dart. Um, so again, it was it seemed as if it was there for Ole Miss and they just couldn't get it done. So going into this season, I looked at the SEC West as probably a lot of people did. There was 
Alabama, LSU, one tier. Then that next tier I had, because we always, well, at least I always give Texas A&M, for yeah. some reason, the benefit of the, yeah. of the doubt. Texas A&M and Ole Miss. And then I thought it was a scramble between first-year Hugh Freeze-Auburn. He'll have them g- going strong here sooner than later. Yeah. Arkansas, Mississippi State. Yeah. And, and maybe it'll turn out that way. But Ole Miss, to me, I expected more. And I expect more from them. We'll see. They have their opportunity this weekend against LSU. Sure do. And then Texas A&M loses Connor Wegman. Now, Max Johnson came in last week against Auburn and did a really good job. Kenny continued to do that. So, I don't know how it'll shape out. What do you think right now with what we have seen so far through the first month of the SEC West? And then I'll ask you about the East. Well, obviously, Alabama... To go back to them, I, I, I thought going into the year, just to tweak a little bit about what you said in your evaluation, mm-hmm. I thought LSU was the team in the West with Alabama second. And then I, I don't disagree with, with your assessment of, of the rest of the field there. And when you're four games in, as we are now going into, into week five, pretty much I think a team is what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, not that there still can't be some progress and some positives and some improvement, uh, but more or less, you kind of are where you are. Now, obviously, the first three weeks of the season, maybe even some even last week, you know, teams are playing non-conference games and the level of the competition mm-hmm. may not uh, be be the best. So it could be a little deceiving, but that's when you're sorting things out, so to speak, and trying to figure out, okay, what are we as a football team? So maybe it's more this week when teams, after this Saturday's games of, okay, whatever the results will be, that's kind of who you are. I've always kind of left, you know, week four is kind of that that uh, mile post to make those evaluations. But as we go into this week and, and look down the road, I, I, still, I still like LSU in, in the West. Now, Alabama, obviously – the quarterback situation uh, will continue to be a story there, but their their defense in the second half against Ole Miss played really well, mm-hmm. and that might have been the switch that they needed to flip and to get things rolling uh, down down in Tuscaloosa. Uh, we'll see, but you know A and M. Uh, a quote-unquote neutral site game uh, in Arlington this week. That's a home game for Frank and M playing Arkansas uh, at AT and T Stadium. Uh, you know, sticking with the West. Uh, you mentioned you know the LSU at Ole Miss game. You got to think LSU wins that game. But will Ole Miss? Can they be competitive? Can they be? Can they make it a wire game? And I would think they want to get again, get it to the fourth quarter and have a shot to win that game. See, I wouldn't They're be shocked. That, I wouldn't be shocked that they won. No, and I, bounce back and from I, last and week. I, and I wouldn't either. Again, thinking back to. What I thought of Ole Miss a week ago, mm-hmm. I'm not giving up on that because the potential is there, and it's just they just got to go grab it and go get it. No turnovers, you know, no pre-snap penalties, those types of things. Um, and then you have Alabama at Mississippi State uh, should be a comfortable win for Alabama, but you never know. Um, as Zach Arnett and his team, uh, you know, can they continue to figure, try to figure it out down there under uh, a whole new uh, setup on on uh, the way they're they're playing ball down there from uh, the previous uh, Mike Leach regime. So the 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 play in the SEC West, interesting games this weekend. I still think it's it comes down to those two teams that you mentioned at the outset, Greg, LSU, Alabama. See that the, for me, Alabama's. They they need the defense to become like 
a vintage Nick Saban Alabama defense because their offense certainly is not nearly as good as they've been. They just yeah. don't have that. And this, I just don't see it. I, I think this defense can be good, but the secondary is not. Yeah. I mean, I could see, you know, I know that they get LSU in Tuscaloosa, but the way Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors are going right now, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's hard seeing anybody slowing that down, and certainly the Alabama secondary. And that's with Ole Miss, I just, their, their offensive line hasn't been good enough to get the running game going. And people are understanding now what Quinshawn Judkins is and understanding that we got to take that guy away on like last year when he came, came out of nowhere and was just went crazy. And I just don't, I still don't think Jackson Dart is that guy. Like that if you, if he's got to go win the game, he can do it. I just, like I look at that matchup this week and I, I'm, and I'm going to go down to the game, but Jackson Dart versus Jaden Daniels. I just got a hell of a lot yeah. more faith in Jaden Daniels oh, right yeah. now than I do in Jackson Dart. So unless they can figure out a way to get Judkins going, I don't know. I, I just don't know. To me, the huge game for Ole Miss becomes next week when Arkansas comes down because going back to your Lane Kiffin, yeah, you, the whole if with Lane Kiffin and not being able to win big games, if he loses to LSU and then loses at home to Arkansas. Right. Then I think people are going, now wait a second. Like seriously, like what where are we getting our nine million dollars worth out of this coach? We've got to win some of these games. It looks like Arkansas might have Rocket Sanders back this week. If not this week, you would certainly think next week right. he's able to go if it if with what Sam Pittman says, he's getting pretty darn close. So that certainly changes Arkansas. Like Ole Miss really has to win next week, but it would certainly help, I think, Lane, if he would win this week. Yeah. And and you know, uh, you know, talking to some Arkansas people this week and listening to some of the, uh, what I would say is legit talk radio in Little Rock a little bit uh, each morning. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of uneasiness with Sam, mm-hmm. and again, sort of some of the same things in the circumstances that we're talking about with Lane at Ole Miss um, is being able to to get over that hump and and uh, and win. Uh, the quote-unquote big games, but you got to take into account the rocket hasn't been there for them, yeah, I mean, and obviously he is a. It's, it can't all be on KJ. In, in very similar circumstances, there. If you don't have the run game, it puts all the pressure on the quarterback. And Jackson Dart can't do it all himself at Ole Miss, and KJ Jefferson can't do it all for Arkansas. But I, I agree with you again. Not to not to overlook this weekend, but next weekend, next Saturday. Ole Miss, Arkansas, huge for both teams. You, you can't if you're. Ole I would Miss, not want to be the coach that loses that game. If you're Ole Miss, you don't want to get killed by LSU. Like if you're, yeah, if they're competitive with LSU. Yeah. Keep it close. Lose a close game. I think fans. Well, okay, like LSU's probably better than us, but then you better beat Arkansas. If you get killed by LSU, then fans I think are going to be like, seriously, we shouldn't be getting killed at home by LSU right now. Yeah, and and, and Eli, I'd say you know just going back to spring and summer and reading and talking to uh, the Mississippi media that actually cover Ole Miss on, on a daily basis. Uh, and you guys may recall these conversations. I mean, when you were, when everyone was projecting Ole Miss, it literally went for everything from 6-6 six and six to 9-3, maybe even an outside shot. At yeah, guess we've had it on this show. Yeah. the yeah. gamut. Yeah. But, but, and, but I agree, it's problematic if they get blown out at home by LSU. And now we see why these guys who really are tuned into the Ole Miss program were, were saying that right. as they projected the season well, for Ole Miss. I don't think people expected Judkins to have this much trouble running the ball consistently, and I bet a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. Yeah. I haven't seen them really, to be honest with you, 
But they they've played some tough teams. You know, playing Alabama, Tulane's got a really good yep. defense as well. Yep. All right, in the East, we got a big one between Kentucky and Florida. Florida had the great win over Tennessee. I don't know. We we still have question marks about Napier if he's the right guy. Even though I like what he right. did at Louisiana, Kentucky just continues to win football games. Yeah. And Devin Leary's a pretty good quarterback, getting him from NC State. Um, it's it's all a battle for second place. Georgia's kind of right. sleepwalking through the season, and you know I don't know if there's going to be a trip up. Even though they got to play Tennessee, they got to play Kentucky, but they got to play Florida. But what do you see in the Florida Kentucky game? Well, for Kentucky. Obviously, playing at home is a plus. Uh, that is a, but that's noon Eastern, so I, I don't think game time next necessarily is a factor. But I've been in there for night games, you know, in November when it gets a little chilly and and they get rocking and rolling there in, in Lexington. But this is you know a, a noon Eastern game, eleven o'clock Central. Uh, you know, Kentucky is one of three undefeated teams in the SEC, and all three teams that are undefeated in the SEC are in the East. You know, Georgia, Kentucky, Mizzou, uh, all sitting there four and zero. Florida's right there at three and one. Tennessee, right there, three and one. Um, so, an interesting game, Florida at Kentucky. Um, I think Mark Stoops again. Uh, I think the world of the guy, what he has done with that program, and Mitch Barnhart and the leadership there at Kentucky, they have stuck with him. They knew what they were hiring, which seems now like a gazillion years ago, um, but. I got to think Kentucky, and I know this is one of our our pickums, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think Kentucky finds a way to win that game, but I think Florida uh, is probably playing with some confidence now. Uh, Harkening back to the post game comments from from Billy Napier after after that win, uh, it's like okay, you know what we're doing here. We you just saw what can happen with our with our process. Right. And what we're doing, what we the way we are implementing our program here. But he needs to follow it up. Yeah, oh absolutely. Right? Yeah, you, you can't be a, a one win one <laughs> Exactly. No, you got you gotta back it up. And and going on the road, uh, going into Lexington would be huge for them. I expect Kentucky to win that game. Um, but it could be very competitive. And <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll see what Florida uh what Florida's made of. It's crazy the way that, like, I mean, for 31 straight years, Florida, like, it was just a given. Florida beat Kentucky. That's what they did every single year. Now it's like, boy, this would be a huge win for Florida if they could beat Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's, right. I mean, they just, they've absolutely dominated that series for years upon, for decades. Literally, they, they owned it. And now it's, now it has flipped. And now Kentucky has won. So three out of five, I think it is, since they ended up losing or something like that. Yeah, something and, like that. And they've been really good at home against Florida. Yeah, now okay, you look around the rest of the East, a couple of other key games, you know, Mizzou at Vandy. You got to think Mizzou. I mean, I think that'll be a competitive game. I, I think Vandy is a decent team, can be a decent team, but I would expect Mizzou to win. So Mizzou, they're sitting there at 5-0 and oh, uh, on Saturday night. And then uh, South Carolina at Tennessee. Um, you would think Tennessee can get it done at home. Um, again, I expect Shane Beamer to have his team fired up and uh, coming in with, with who may be the best quarterback in the SEC, um, Spencer Rattler. So 
uh, I think that will be an interesting game and a, and a uh, and one to keep an eye on Saturday as well. But doesn't it all feel like in the East that it's all moot point because all yeah. those teams we talked about? Well, not all, but Missouri yeah. and Kentucky still unbeaten. Well, when they play Georgia, that yeah. will be their loss. Right. Although Missouri, no, who was it that almost beat Georgia last year? Was it Missouri? They almost beat Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? But yeah. But really, when it comes down to it, Georgia's kind of sleepwalking through the season so far. They play a very easy schedule. They're looking for three straight national championships. I don't know who's beating them. I don't even know. If, with what I saw from Tennessee against Florida, I had hopes in the preseason yeah. that maybe they'll do it. I don't know right now. Right. I, I think Georgia's still. Yeah, here's Georgia's schedule uh, the rest of the way. At Auburn this week, home to Kentucky. At Vandy, open date. The the Jordan the the uh, cocktail party on the twenty mm-hmm. eighth of October. Then Mizzou, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. Not exactly murderers' no. row there. No, again, they, unless they're, they really sleepwalk through a particular. But they need game. to ratchet it up a, a little. I, bit. I I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. They uh, they they Georgia seems to know when they need to do that. Yes. Yes, and. And the good, and the good and, thing, they are good enough to literally, like they did at the Missouri game last year, literally sleep through an entire game and still win it. Right. And and not only that, that know when they need to do it, but do it. You know, and flipping that switch, quote unquote, mm-hmm. isn't always easy. And you may think it's automatic. Oh yeah, yeah, we can, we know, hey, we we need to buck up this week. Yeah, I, I come I, out with a with a come out playing at a different level, different gear. Well, something tells me like the sometimes Florida, you don't always get to the Florida game. They'll be in a different gear. Yeah, I yeah. just don't know. I would agree their quarterback that. is good, but he's not Stetson Bennett. Not what Stetson Bennett was in in college. The guy's one of the great college co- uh, quarterbacks of all time. Two national championships. This Beck kid though it has the ability to be really really good. But I think it's such an easy schedule. Even in the SEC championship game, which we presume that they would get there and play either LSU or Alabama. I would still look at Georgia. I think you could pencil them already, put them in as one of the four spots in the playoff. Yeah. I think it would have been really interesting if that Oklahoma game had stayed, but it will stay on the schedule. If they've already had to play Oklahoma right. this year. Right. This, is a, this is a better Oklahoma yes, team. It is. Yes, it have. is. Yes, it is. And so, and with Beck this early in the season, what would they have done against Oklahoma? If, they would have, if that game would have remained on the schedule, could have remained on the schedule, that would have been an interesting to see what would have happened. Would Georgia have been able to step it up for that type of game this early in Carson Beck's career there? Um, yeah. Because he's, he's getting the tougher games later on when he's gotten a lot more time under his belt. Um, and that one would have came early on in the season. Yeah, and if you want to – I don't know how soon we need to take a break, but if you want to go there a little bit uh, about the Big 12, mentioning Oklahoma, they are better. And they needed to be better. You know, they're sitting there four and zero. There are three undefeated teams in the Big Twelve: Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, all four and zero. And Kansas plays Texas. And Kansas plays One of our Texas. Picks. You bet. You bet. So big game there in the Big Twelve. Uh, several teams sitting there at three and one: Kansas State, TCU, West Virginia. Uh, a couple of the newbies: BYU, UCF. Uh, you know, the surprise is at the back end of the Big Twelve. Who's not doing well? Mm-hmm. And that's Baylor and Texas Tech, both one in three. And that's to me, that's an eye opener. And, uh, and what's Iowa State? Iowa State. Iowa State is two and two. Two and two. And what are they in the conference? They're one and zero in the conference. They're, they are one and zero in the conference. Yeah. It's funny yeah. because when we were talking about, but they 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 have not looked stellar. No, no, not at all. We were talking about Kentucky, and so I, I googled because I thought I heard the name Mark Stoops, and I'm thinking. 
Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, not Kentucky, but uh, Michigan State with the opening with Mel Mark Tucker Stoops. now gone. Mark Stoops' name. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, because I had heard that, Mel, uh, that uh, Mark Stoops' name had popped up. I'm like, really? Would he leave Kentucky to go to Michigan State? I know there's, they're going to get rid of the divisions, Yeah, but you're adding Oregon, Washington to Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Are you kidding me? So I looked up and I saw the candidates. I didn't see his name, but you brought up... Uh, it's guys that have been fired or, yeah. or have been out of football. Pat Fitzgerald, who had to resign yeah. under those circumstances at Northwestern. I mean, the Michigan State job looks like it's crud. So anyway. Yeah. I, it, and just a footnote to that, I saw uh, this morning Chris Kleiman, uh, the coach at K-State. His name was out there. He came out and said, nope, not yeah. interested. And I brought that up because of Matt Campbell. Yeah. A couple of years ago, Matt Campbell could have written his own ticket yes. to a lot of different uh, openings around the country. And now his name pops up for Michigan State. Well, I'm telling you, if they really are interested in the guy who's struggling this year with his team and they want him, he should jump on it now. He yeah. should jump he should, on yeah. Michigan State. This yeah. is I've said this I, I said it about him before because I saw it happen with Dan McCarney at Iowa State. It's what Mike Elko needs to do at Duke. Yeah. Get out. There's yeah. a history of these programs for a reason. <laughs> When you get a program way above what its level yep. has always been in history, get the hell out of there. Yes. You're not going to maintain it. It's yeah. impossible. That's why nobody does it. Yeah. That window is very small. Yes. Maybe one or two coaching change cycles. And if you don't escape, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, Dan McCartney had you got, might be in trouble. got Iowa State to a level. And he stayed there, and then it went down, and he disappeared forever. Like he had, yeah. he, they, Wisconsin wanted him, and he didn't go. I'm like, you got to get out of these jobs. You're not going to maintain that level. It's just impossible. There's hundreds of years of history to tell you what this program is. Yeah. You're not going to all of a sudden change that for a 15, 20-year stretch. Yeah. You can do it for two or three years, but then you got to get the heck out of there. And Mike Elko, I, I think he should be the one that any big program that comes available this year needs to go after, and he needs to get the hell out of Duke because he's doing an amazing job there. Speaking of an amazing job, speaking of amazing, Go to the Sunrise website. It says it right there. The best breakfast in Memphis. That is no lie. You know that, Harold. Absolutely. I was there yesterday. Had Where a little, you uh, had a, uh, What'd you have? Uh, I, I, I'm very consistent. The uh, Mac Better. Okay. You, you, you are. You are very consistent. It's biscuit, cheese, egg, uh, and I get the turkey sausage. There you go. There you go. It's my I, go-to. You got to get. Have you ever done the pilaf with the, the fried no, bologna? I, 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 I did. It, uh, I did it two no. weeks ago. It's it's. I do uh, the make better every time. Yeah. The, the, In fact, the, I might do that today. Those biscuit sandwiches are absolutely out highly of this recommended. World. You can go that way. You could go with the the kitchen sink. You can get like the three amigos tacos. You get any one of their bowls. So many different items. All amazing on that breakfast menu and the, the lunch menu as well. From the bacon cheeseburger to the salads to the French dip, which I love so much. Absolutely fantastic stuff. You can go to sunrise901.com and you can order for pickup right there online. You can check out the entire menu as well. The original Sunrise location, 670 Jefferson Avenue. The new Sunrise East out in East Memphis on Poplar Avenue. Check them out at either one of the locations for great breakfast, great lunch. Sunrise it is. All right, let's do pick six when we return. So we're going to need a participant. What number? Uh, we're going to go caller number three. Caller number three, 360-8255, 360-8255. Your opportunity to get $25 in piggy bucks from Central Barbecue. Caller number three, 360-8255. And again, if you've already participated, whether you've won or lost, 
this year, you are not eligible. 360-8255. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Now, more of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grader. Welcome back, everybody. Congratulations to Keith. Keith went up against me last week. Keith, a winner as he went 3-1-2, and two, and I went 3-2-2. Two, and two. So we both did three wins, but... Way to go, Keith. He got the better percentage. He only lost once, so he's a winner, and he gets $25 from Central Barbecue. Uh, Harold, great week. 5-0-2. I didn't know that. 5 0 2. Undefeated. I'll take it. And Eli was 4 1 2. So, yeah, we had two, yeah, two, two, ties. two ties. We had two ties. Um, so, that was uh, the results from last week. Congratulations to Keith. Let's bring on lucky caller number three, and it's Dave. Hey, Dave, how are you? Good morning, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for getting in, Dave. First question, most important question who are you going to go up against? Harold. Dave, enjoy the barbecue. I am all of, I am all for the people. Unlike these two knuckleheads. Coming off an undefeated week, you're probably... <laughs> yeah, I'll be over. I'll be over. You're due for a bad one? Yeah. All right, so Dave versus Harold again. If uh, you tie or win, you get the $25 gift certificate, gift cards to Central Barbecue. All right, let's dive right into it. Game that we've been talking about a lot in Oxford. They're going to honor the 2003 Cotton Bowl team. Which, by the way, in that season, Ole Miss lost to Memphis, which is honoring the 2003 New Orleans Bowl team this mm. week. A lot of honoring going on this weekend. That was Eli. That was Eli, exactly. And they came yeah. back and went to the okay. Cotton Bowl. LSU minus two and a half at Ole Miss. It's always customary to begin with Mr. Grader. Harold? Mm. Yeah, as you said, uh, Greg, we've been talking about this one. Give me the Tigers. Eli? Yeah, I get I don't um, – I just – I have doubts about Ole Miss um, being able to get things going without that running game. I don't know that they're going to be able to suddenly get the running game going here. Um, Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors are playing crazy good. Um, so I'm, I I see LSU coming in and getting the win. It's only a two-and-a-half point spread. They'll have some fans there at Vault-Hemingway. There's no question LSU travels well. So I'm going to take LSU, but I will not be surprised. If Ole Miss plays their tails off and even wins this game, and we miss on the pick, Dave, who you got? Also uh, going with LSU guys. Okay, clean sweep for the Bayou Bengals. The one here in Memphis, the Tigers, and Boise State. Boise State gets three and a half. Eli, I don't like that hook. I liked where it was when it opened up at two and a half. Uh, but I'm still I'm I'm still gonna take the Tigers. I think Memphis is the better team, as long as they don't let Genty go crazy. I think they win this game. Um, 
A little worried about the hook, but I'm taking the Tigers. I mentioned it earlier. I like the Tigers. I don't think they played poorly at Missouri. They know they got the big two-lane game coming up, but they'll have a bye week in between. I think they'll be ready. They got all those guys like Danny Wimprine and D'Angelo Williams that'll be there rooting them on. It's three and a half. I hear what Eli's saying about the hook, but I think Memphis wins, as I mentioned earlier, by a touchdown to 10 points. I'm taking the University of Memphis. Dave? Yeah, we're going to go with the Tigers by five. Harold? Tigers by five. Okay. Well, boys, with their two and two, their wins are over San Diego State, North Dakota. Uh, no big surprise, I'm going to take the Tigers. And one footnote to, to that, to the mm-hmm. reunion and what else is happening on Saturday. D'Angelo Williams will be an inductee into the College Football Hall of Fame coming up in December. That's right. And Saturday will be when the uh, national office representatives come to town for the on-field presentation of his Hall of Fame plaque, and uh, I'm involved with the local chapter, so we're looking forward to to being that and recognizing uh, D'Angelo as he goes into the College Football Hall of Fame uh, coming up in December. Will that be at halftime? I don't know when they're doing that. Okay, but But that'll be something special. Yeah. South Carolina gets 13 at Tennessee. I pick first. Tennessee, uh, again, disappointing in the game against Florida. Bounce back, beat UTSA without Frank Harris. Uh, Joe Milton still inconsistent. South Carolina, I'm not sure what to think of South Carolina. I think they're okay. Can they cover 13? I think Tennessee can. I, I think they'll probably win by two touchdowns, so maybe just squeeze by in that 13-point uh, spread. Tennessee by 14. I'm going to take the Vols. Dave? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Gamecock. I'm keeping it close. Okay. Harold? Here's where we differ. I'm going to take Tennessee at home, and I think it's going to be a close cover. For Tennessee. Okay, so you're on my yep. page, Eli. Yep. Certainly, there's some uh, should be some revenge on the minds of Tennessee after the embarrassing performance last year against South Carolina when they gave up 63 points. Um, I don't think South Carolina's going to score 63 in this one, mm. but I just I don't I just can't get completely on board with Joe Milton. I think 13 um, is too many. Give me the Gamecocks. All right, so we split evenly on that one. Georgia, will they sleepwalk through Auburn? No, isn't that the longest rivalry? It's the oldest rivalry. The oldest in the rivalry. South. Right. Yes. Yeah. Georgia and Auburn. Georgia minus 14 and a half on the plains at Auburn. Dave? Uh, Georgia Bulldog. Harold. Yep. Georgia. Yep. Eli. Georgia. I'll make it a clean sweep. Auburn's defense is ahead of their offense. That's the problem right now. Oh, yeah. It's offensively, can they score? Defensively, they've been pretty decent. All right, we go outside the SEC. We go to the Big 12. Kansas, plus 16 and a half. Everybody says Texas is back. Obviously, yeah. they've looked good. Big Kansas number. has looked pretty good as well. It is a big number. Harold? You know, thank the world of Kansas and, and Lance Leipold. Texas is obviously one of the top two or three teams in the country right now and you got to give them credit in uh, what what they've done as they have geared up and as i've said numerous times you know they are definitely sec ready uh ready to make that move next year 16 and a half that's a bunch i'm I, i'm gonna say texas but don't have a whole lot of confidence in that pick eli um impressive win for kansas last week to beat byu 
Yeah, with BYU coming off the win over Arkansas, I was I was impressed because they up to that point they beat Missouri State, Illinois, Nevada, not showing much, but that was a, that was an impressive win to get the win over BYU. Got to be physical to beat BYU, so they ain't ready for Texas though. Longhorns continue the march to the playoff. Okay, I'm bucking the odds. Give me the sixteen and a half. Kansas keeps it relatively close. I'm taking Kansas, Dave. Yeah, I think Kansas uh, is going to win. Texas is looking ahead to Oklahoma. Wow, Dave with the outright win, the outright upset win for Kansas, but he'll take the 16.5. Why not? Florida plus 2.5 as we go back to the SEC for our final game. Florida plus 2.5 at Commonwealth Stadium in Lexington at Kentucky. Eli? Uh, Boy, this is a tough one. Florida used to dominate the series. Kentucky now has... Uh, kind of taken over a little bit in the series. I'm going to take Kentucky at home. Yeah, I'm not buying Florida, even though they looked good against Tennessee. I'm not buying them yet. He goes in there and wins this one, then I'm back to like being a big fan of Billy Napier. I was winning was at Louisiana at Lafayette, yeah. so I'm going to uh, I'm going to take Kentucky. I think Kentucky wins, but again, wouldn't be shocked if uh, if Napier leads those Gators in there with a, and gets a victory. Dave, uh, we're going to go with the Gators. So, Florida for Dave. Harold? And here's where we differ. Give me the Wildcats. Okay, so Harold and Dave differ on the Kentucky-Florida game. You differ on the Kansas-Texas game. You differ on the South Carolina-Tennessee game. So, it'll be interesting. Dave, thanks for getting in. Best of luck. Got to get a... Oh, 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 it's right. The best. Uh, your, your, uh, your favorite. Your favorite. Okay. Harold, what do you got? Uh, Georgia. Georgia's your favorite. Your bonus. Eli? Georgia seems really easy, <laughs> but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that way. I'm gonna go LSU. LSU. I'm taking Memphis again. I think they win seven to ten. Dave, South Carolina. South Carolina is your best bet on that one. All right. Once again, thanks for getting in, Dave. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Dave. Enjoy the games. All right. There you go. There's enjoy the, the barbecue. Pick. There is the pick six. Whether it's barbecue or other delectables it's always great to tailgate with delicious food and that includes hot wings hot wings from the crazy coop located in bartlett at 7199 highway 64 between appling and kirby witten and the crazy coop express at 1315 ridgeway off poplar what makes hot wings the best is the flavoring right the seasoning what they put on those hot wings because a hot wing's a hot wing until you have those flavors and they have all kinds in fact 27 different flavors at the Crazy Coop. You can get the whole wings, the party wings, the boneless wings as well, those big, delicious chicken tenders. You can get the Crazy Packs. They can cater any event. Big trays of those delicious hot wings from the Crazy Coop. And over at the Bartlett location, the full menu includes catfish sandwiches, juicy half-pound burgers, and all those great sides like fried okra, green tomatoes, and fried dill pickles but again it's the seasonings like their sweet maple bourbon the mango habanero the buffalo ranch you like the hot the crazy sweet lemon pepper hot or the crazy suicide or not so hot the four cheese roasted garlic or the barbecue bacon bourbon get your order in take advantage of it again they'll deliver right they'll use the doordash and the other services to deliver to your home or office you can call up and order online any which way you you need to do it to get yourselves a load of these delicious hot wings for football, for any sporting event. It's the Crazy Coop. 7199 Highway 64 between Appling and Kirby Witten and the Crazy Coop Express at 1315 Ridgeway off Poplar. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli and the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. 
right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Welcome back to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour right here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All right, so pick six is now in the books, and we'll uh, see how that turns out this weekend. But we spoke earlier about the SEC. Of course, the SEC and the Big 12 will have a representative in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. So let's take a look at what's happening with the Big 12. We talked a little bit about the Kansas-Texas game. But where do things stand? Again, a month into the season, a little bit early, even though there are projections out there. How's things going right now? Yeah, you know, it's interesting from just from a – overall record perspective uh, to have two of the perennials, the two powers in the Big 12, quote-unquote, Texas, Oklahoma, undefeated, and then the team that was always, at least in the last 10, (laughs) 15, 20 years, who was always at the bottom of the barrel, Kansas. They're there at 4-0. Now, a bunch of teams are, they've only played one. Another one of those coaches, by the way, that needs to get out. Lance. Don't hang around thinking you can keep it (laughs) maintaining. Get out. Well, well, you know, it's going to be, a, you know, when Texas and OU leave, obviously it's going to be a different look, Big 12. So who knows? Who knows? But I, I hear I hear your point, and I will pass that on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, I, that's true. It is going to be a little bit of a different Big 12, certainly, as far as that is concerned. But there's a there's a track record at Kansas. Yes, yes, there is. Yes, there is. So, you know, Big 12 action uh, starts tomorrow night. Two of the, the new guys in the league, Cincinnati is at BYU. Uh, we talked about Baylor. Baylor struggling. Uh, you know they're one in three. They are at UCF on Saturday. We mentioned uh, Kansas at Texas, uh, Houston and Texas Tech again. Texas Tech needing a win. Houston's two and two. Uh, we talked about Matt Campbell uh, at Iowa State. Iowa State uh, plays at Oklahoma this weekend. And West Virginia, who's kind of middle of the pack uh, right now, but you know again. It, when I say that, that's from a conference standing perspective. But they're all tied for first. They're one and zero, but they're better than they were a year ago. Apparently, they're three and one, and uh, no one needs to uh, turn the ship around uh, in that league. Probably more than Neil Brown, and so yeah. far that they're doing that. So a big one for West Virginia uh, as they play at TCU this week. He was, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that thought might be done last year. Yeah, they decide. Ren Baker decides to bring him back, but certainly that is a – he's on a very hot seat there at West Virginia and needs to have a good year. So yesterday yes. there was uh, the news out of Chicago that the commissioners of college football around the country decided to not take a vote on changing the format that has been installed for next year once we go to the 12-team playoff of the five conference champions top five ranked and then the seven at large that that's where it seems to be headed that's where we're going it's what it looks like but it doesn't look like we will go there in the next two years because mike oresco has made it pretty clear that he does not want to go there he wants to stay um with the six and six which has been installed for this and upcoming thing, it, next if, two years and it's if i'm correct in this i think for the two remaining years on the contract, which would be 24-25. Exactly. That the vote has to be unanimous. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the fly in the ointment. Now, a couple of weeks ago when the Pac-12 blew up, you know, Greg Sankey jumped out there and was pretty, kind of sent the message, hey, we got to take another look at this, saying the quote-unquote taking another look at this means five and seven. And just so people understand, you know, what is currently on the table as 
the plan is the six and six, six champions, and then six at large. The five and seven with no Pac-12 in the mix, or even Pac-2 in the in the mix, would be four league champions, and those would be Big Twelve, Big Ten, ACC, SEC, with plus a group of five. I guess the best, highest-ranked group of five champion, and then seven at large. So that's what's being discussed now, or at least is out there. You know, they spent the bulk of their time in those meetings yesterday uh, with uh, TV people, with media people. Uh, I think there were four or five different media organizations, and obviously we all know who those are. Um, They were talking TV, and I guess that makes sense. Because they don't have TV right now for the first round of games. Yeah, they, yeah, for the first round of games, they don't. And I know that was going back to media days, uh, visiting with Bill Hancock, you know, that was a point of frustration me, for him. He's like, I can't get him to the table to, to talk about right. TV. And we, and we got to get th- those first round games done. And they haven't even started talking about what 2026 looks like. All right, so let me ask you this. Yeah. It, it's not it's not a plans in place. It has been approved. The for six and six. Six and six, yeah, yeah. It's approved for 2024 and 2025 unless they change. As you said accurately, it would take a unanimous vote. Mike Oresco's already put his foot down saying, no, I wouldn't do that. Why would I do that? So it appears at least for two years, and then it'll certainly go to five and seven, that we'd have six and six. I'll still bet that he does. So you you think he'll change his mind? Yes. Do you think he'll get something for that? I mean, he'll get a guarantee? Uh, I think he'll get the guarantee that it'll be five and seven and not 12 at larges. Okay. Which is where if you piss us off, we'll just go to 12 at larges and you'll be left out altogether. Right, right. I agree. No, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you if he gets the... Um, you know, he, if he, he gets the compromise he, he, for the future, as the one guy in the room who wants to be the uh, try and fight it, he's he's well, can't win think, that. Don't you think the Sun Belt and the Mountain West are fighting it too? Although they're they're all going to take the five. They all understand we don't run we don't run college football. These guys do. We're not going to make them mad because in two years when it becomes they don't need a unanimous vote, they can. Just push us aside to do whatever they want to do. Well, so it, we're going five and seven. Let's go five and seven for a long term. If you go twelve at large, then they'll throw seven teams from the SEC in there. I, I just exactly. Think, I just think that no, that's what Sackey <laughs> wants. And that's why I, what I, they'll do. I think do. that would be ridiculous. I would think that would be ridiculous. But my point is this: if he doesn't get a compromise, in other words, or a guarantee after the twenty twenty five season, which he may very well, and then it would change to five and seven. If they have the six and six. And it stays six and six for the next two years, with this Pac-12 debacle. Like you said, you just rattled off the yeah. four power conferences. You know they're going to be ranked in the top four, right? I don't think the Mountain West is going to beat out one of those with their conference champions. So there'll be two that would get in. Well, you're talking about on-site games to open up the playoffs. Could you imagine? I don't know, George. Who's got the smallest stadium in the Sun Belt or 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 the American Conference? You know, hosting one of those games. It's just. It's well, they're hard not to going to be a top eight seed. Who wouldn't? The two, the small schools, the, no. the group of five. No, but it's six conference champions. I know, but they're not. The top four are the top four seeds, and they get buys. Yeah, they get buys. The other two aren't oh, guaranteed you're the they fifth and six seeds. You're saying they wouldn't host? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah five, six, seven, right. eight. Five, six, host. seven, eight, host. host. That's not guaranteed. Yeah. The conference champions don't automatically yeah. get five and six. Right. Those those eight spots are determined by ranking. The top four conference champions get the buys. Well, that's okay. That's unfair, to be honest with you. It, it should be. It, it should be the if you're going to rank the top six conference champions, those six should be hosting. They're conference champions as opposed to at large. 
just like wild card teams in, in well, Major League Baseball. And here's something you guys in your spare time can can delve into this. I just have I recall having a conversation. I don't recall if it was Bill Hancock or or whomever another bowl person. Mm-hmm. It was. It may have been Bill Hancock. The nuance to this is the word seeding versus ranking. And I think when we get to the playoff, it will be teams will be seeded, and it won't necessarily be yeah. based on ranking. So just be on the lookout well, for that. Because, I don't know all the, the details top, of that, but again, that nugget has again, stuck the, in my head. The top just four conference championships aren't going to be ranked one through four at the end of the year, most likely, but they are the four top seeds because that's yeah. what the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like the NCAA I mean, Notre Dame could be ranked be number ranked. one. They're not going to be seeded number one. They can't be seeded. The highest they can be seeded is five because they've already. They're not a conference champion, so they can't be yeah. one through four. So yeah, that's a, that's the whole. Setup. So you're saying you're the top saying four seeds are the top four conference champions wherever they are in the rankings. It's just the top four conference champions. So they're ju- they, so they figured out caveats to be able to totally, not totally screw, but still screw the group of five. Even though they're allowed to play, they're 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 allowed they're not to play. Screwing them, they're giving them a shot. I mean, that's, in my opinion, if you're ranking, to host. if you're well, if you're ranking the top six conference champions and then have six at large, right? Harold's saying, well, what they're going to do is rank them. Then they're going to throw all those at larges, those teams that finished second in the SEC and the Big Ten. They'll be ahead, obviously, of those. Yes. The Mountain West champion or the American Conference champion, they'll throw them in there. That's where they screw them from hosting. Because really, in reality, it should be the top six. As you rank the top six, not rank, but as they are determined the top six conference champions, they should all be hosting, while no. the wild card should not be hosting. No. Why? Because that top conference champion might be ranked 25th. Like They don't deserve a first-round game over a team that's ranked 5th. Then they should have worded it better. No, they worded it exactly right. Top four conference champions get buys. Then the other two or whatever, one, end up getting because in they know, and people, teams will be seated. Because they know they will never rank a conference champion from the group of five over those exactly. four power and five school uh, conferences. Well, how about, let's just well, say. Well, they could. I mean, they, they theoretically could theoretically be a top four could. seed. They could, no, theoretically, but could. would they? Like, would they put an undefeated, let's just say Tulane runs the table and won the American Conference and went 13-0, and and then they had a ACC champion with two losses or a Pac-12 champion with two losses. Would they rank Tulane in the top four? Cincinnati was just in the top four a couple years ago. They would have gotten a first-round bye. Okay. There you go. All right, so there's precedent. It's but possible. They are they still, made a 14-point, they would have been obviously top four. But they're still trying to do everything. they Look, they're giving them a little, little piece, letting them play. If 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 um, Sankey had his way, he would certainly change it. If they didn't have to have a unanimous vote, he would change it to the five and seven. And the Pac-12, that is the craziest thing. These two schools are trying to like survive, like stay in the Pac, the Pac-2, like have their own conference. Yeah. Like I don't even know how that would work. Anyway, Harold, short on time. Yeah. Um, touchdown club, uh, your awards for your high school guys and all that. Yeah, uh, there was uh, no touchdown club this past Monday night, but we do have our weekly AutoZone Liberty Bowl TVA Lineman of the Week. We uh, recognize Tracy Jackson, senior offensive lineman from Whitehaven, giving those uh, big guys up front a little uh, little tip of the cap, a little recognition this year. Coming up, uh, mentioning the uh, touchdown club this coming Monday night at the Hilton will be 
The Tigers head coach, Ryan Silverfield, will be our guest speaker. And I know there's uh, some other dignitaries who are planning to be in attendance. We invite you to join us. And all of uh, our activities at the Memphis Touchdown Club uh, benefit uh, Le Bonner Children's Hospital. So that's a, a nice piece of community involvement there. And, uh, again, just looking forward to the game. We're going to have some big news, big news, big news next week from the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. We'll uh, have that for you next week. And uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets, it's n- October is here, which means the holidays are just around the corner. If you're starting to think about a stocking stuffer for that special person in your life who loves the game of college football, you know, buying 10, 20, 30 tickets to the AutoZone Liberty there Bowl would make the, identic- the ideal uh, stocking stuffer. Our first stuffer. stocking stuffer you're, next year. You're, you're going way too September fast. First of all, it's 28th. not October yet. October's I said almost, year. almost. And it's Sunday. We can't, we can't be it's talking Sunday. about holidays already. You're right. I hate going into Target What's the big or news? Walmart. Oh, What's yeah. the big news? Give us a little hint. Big news. Big news next Entertainment week. Entertainment. Oh, this already? Year. Ready to yeah. announce? That'll be coming next week. So, anyway, the 65th edition of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl is Friday, December 29th, 2 30 in the afternoon. That's the last work day of the year if you start making your plans for the end of the calendar year. So, if you have to go in for a couple of hours on that Friday, do so. Then head out to uh, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And remember, folks, again, if you haven't looked towards the holidays, mm-hmm. the, the, especially the New Year's weekend, mm-hmm. New Year's is on Monday. That Friday is the last workday. Again, so those who have to go to the office for a couple of hours before heading out for the 2.30 kickoff of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, you don't have to go back to work until Tuesday. So mega long weekend. It's great, especially for those that will be traveling to Memphis uh, for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. So uh, start thinking about it. We have operators sitting and standing by at the world headquarters (laughs) of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl in beautiful downtown East Memphis, 795-7700. Somebody texted and said regarding the local chapter of the uh, Football Foundation. Yes. They said, could anybody join that? Yes. Uh, go online. Uh, again, you know, anybody can be a member of the local chapter or a member of the National Football Foundation. You know, and one of the cool things that as a member, you receive a ballot a ballot every year to vote for the College Football Hall of Fame. So anybody can join. Absolutely. And where do they need to go to do that? Uh, I don't know the uh, website, but Google Memphis Chapter or National Football Foundation. There's okay. a link there to, to join. Uh it's a great organization. Again, you know, we it's all about uh, recognizing young men, scholar athletes. Our annual uh, springtime uh, event where we uh, honor twelve local yep. uh, scholar athletes. Uh, so again, oh. it's a great organization, and uh, the light will be shining bright on the Tigers' own D'Angelo Williams on Saturday. Thank you very much, H. You bet. We'll talk to you next week. That'll do it for us. I want to thank Harold Grader, Ryan Silverfield. And Kerry Miller for joining us today. Tomorrow, among our guests, John Varlis on Prep Football. We'll talk Memphis 901 FC soccer with Stephen Glass, their head coach. Brandon Lang will handicap some of the big college football and NFL games this weekend, plus 10 in a row, the game show that has swept the nation. Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 is coming up next. For Eli Savoy, for Harold Grader, for Zach Boyd, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everybody.